happy Friday to all of our favorite Idaho State Journal Sports podcast listeners. This is Madison Guernsey, the sports editor at the Idaho State Journal, uh, here bringing you podcast number two of the week. We were last with you on Monday when we had Century tennis coach Sean Kane on to talk about the spring sports seasons being canceled and also the Last Dance documentary featuring Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. We've got more stuff to dive into on this episode, we have uh, another special guest making their ISJ Sports Podcast debut. Also with me, as always, is Andrew Houghton, sports reporter at the Idaho State Journal. Andrew, how have the last few days been for you? Uh, they've been great. I've just been sitting here in anticipation of doing this podcast ever since we hung up on the first one on Monday. I've just been, you know, on tenter hooks waiting to get back in the studio, the figurative studio, I guess, and... Uh, get out some more content you know we took a we took a little break when sports up and now we're we're back at it two podcasts in a week it's great yeah and we're more motivated than ever to bring you guys content uh why is that andrew i think i think we need to remind our listeners of something that re- recently happened for us here on the podcast i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> i was <laughs> that was maybe a, a poor lead-in on my part but i was trying to get you to remind everyone once again that we are now an award-winning podcast and that's why we and that's why we are so excited to bring everyone all this content because uh someone out there likes what we do enough to give us an award and so that's that's why we're giving you a a a two-for-one this week cannot believe i forgot about that but yes uh i can't either that is that's bad man come on (laughs) (laughs) i found out about it on Saturday or whatever, and by the end of the week, it had, it had vanished from my mind. But yes, now that we are an award-winning podcast, we're bringing all the content you can handle. Anyway, Madison, who is our special guest today? Yeah, so we have former ISU men's basketball player Chidi Ujangu on the show. Um, we're happy to have Chidi on. He he recently announced that he is going to pursue the NBA draft process, hire an agent, everything that goes along with that. Um, Chidi, we, we talked just a few days ago about all of this, but um, happy to chat with you again. And for our our listening audience, um, you know, kind of tell them what this whole process has been like for you. Uh, well, first of all, I'll start by saying, yeah, I'm glad to be on the show, you know, really excited. And uh, just for everybody out there listening, uh, this process has been great. It's been great. I've been embracing every single moment of it, both the hate and the love. So, um, yeah, it's been absolutely great extremely fun and i look forward to you know continuing and i can't wait until you know everything really opens up so then people can play basketball together again yeah and it, it's only been about a month and a half since basketball season ended it seems like lo- longer than that but um you know kind of yeah. a, kind of a unique end for you guys uh i mean you you won your your tournament game against Nor- northern arizona which was that was the first postseason win isu had had in a long time and then you find out the next day that uh you're going home anyway because everything got got stopped and and shut down i guess for for you as a senior especially what what was what was it like to kind of have your end your 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 season end that way kind of on a a bittersweet note like that uh it was pretty mm, i mean i like the fact that you know most people can't really say that they ended their career on a w you know, so, you know, I'll take that any day. But it was pretty bitter because I really wanted revenge against Montana. And I feel like we would have beat them. So that was really the bitter part for me was that we couldn't um, play Montana 
in the conference tournament, which is where everything matters. So that's really that's that was really the only bitter part. Yeah, and it was it was interesting. I mean, obviously you guys were right there in a lot of games, and maybe just a play or two away from winning a lot of them. But it seems like everything kind of fell into place uh, in your last game against NAU. How did how did you guys feel kind of going into the next day? I mean, did you guys feel like you had all the momentum and that everything was kind of firing on all cylinders for you? Oh, yeah, no doubt. We um, so we, we, we regrouped uh, really quickly, actually. So we were just actually going to, you know, we were just really, like, we had a lot of momentum pretty much. And it was pretty much like a snowball effect. We won okay, we the first game, let's win the second. We won the second, third, fourth championship. So um, other than that, it's pretty unfortunate that we couldn't play it. But it's all good. It's all God's plan. You know, so everything's kind of lining up. Yeah, and, as, you know, as far as, you know, um, diving into this NBA process, what when when did you know that that's something that you wanted to – go for and what I mean what are all the steps necessary I mean I, I know that you are in the process of hiring an agent or maybe you you already have but what are what are all all the necessary steps that go into something like that right I mean me being a senior and having no eligibility left it's not really a you know it's more so exactly as you said you know getting an agent getting representative team um, and just really having the confidence you know to bet on yourself but um, other than that I've been, since I've been young, that's always what I've wanted to do. Since I was in middle school and I didn't make the middle school team, I always said I wanted to go to the NBA, and I knew I could go to the NBA. Since I was in high school and I was on JV until I was a junior, I always knew I wanted to go to the NBA. Since I went to prep school, since I went to junior college, and only had three offers, still knew I wanted to go to the NBA. And um, even me getting benched, you know, my first year at Idaho State, I just always saw the light through the tunnel, so you know I just thank God for just even me being able to have this opportunity. Yeah, and so even I, still about it. Yeah, yeah, and so as you just mentioned, I mean a lot of um, kind of obstacles in your career up to this point, and there are there are probably people who have said, you know, why you know why is this guy wasting his time? There are no NBA players that come from Idaho State, but like you said, you're kind of betting on yourself. And what what do you have to say to you know maybe? those people that don't don't think this is worth your time and effort um i would say i would tell them thank you you know because i mean haters are always motivators and yeah you know it's a cliche saying but you know i'll tell them thank you and just you know since they're watching hating anyways you know you might as well watch and see how the story ends out see how the story finishes yeah and obviously sorry go ahead no go ahead andrew (laughs) It's sort of an interesting process this year, especially with everything being shut down. I mean, are you anticipating there being a combine or anything, individual workouts for for the pre-draft process, or is everybody just going to go into it blind? I feel like eventually there should be some individual workouts. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm not, you know, I'm sure no one really knows anything is certain for certain because everything that's going on no one really even really knows when the exact draft is people are saying it was going to be this month and now it got moved back to august so um yeah you know i'm just i'm just staying ready for example right before this podcast the reason i had to move it back is because i was working out i was working out for like four hours with my cousin one of my trainers so you know just staying ready to the process honestly staying ready so when my name is called you know i'll be ready to i'll be ready 
Yeah, I mean, do you think that stuff is is more important from you coming from a smaller school, a, a low major like Idaho State? You know, just being able to to go out and show your game to some some people who might not know who you are. Yeah, that's that's really important to me, honestly, because you know I think that I passed the eye test when it comes to the NBA. You know, size, size, height, uh, speed, strength. So at the end of the day, it just comes down to the little details in your game. So that's the those are that's exactly what I've been touching up on every day. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I think just an hour ago, maybe a little more than an hour, they announced that the draft combine and the draft lottery both officially got moved back. I don't know the exact dates on those, but um, obviously. Yeah, and so obviously the the draft itself will probably also be moved back, but um, yeah, so that no one really knows what's going to happen, but obviously, you know, everyone has more time to kind of get themselves ready, which. yeah. Obviously helps, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse, you know. It's a curse for some people, but it's a blessing. I'll take it as a blessing because, you know, I get more time to, you know, develop as the player that I want to be and, just, you know, get stronger, faster, and just develop in general, honestly, and get ready for my pro- professional career, whether it's in the NBA, G League, overseas. But, yeah. Andrew, any other uh, – anything else from you? I mean, I, I'm curious sort of about the, the part of hiring an agent, getting representation. I mean, for the people who have never been through the process, which is most of us, I mean, how does that work out? Are, are you looking for one? Are they coming to you and offering their services and, and you pick and choose who you like the best? I mean, how, do, how does that work out just, you know, day to day? It's a little bit of both. You know, you kind of reach out to the ones that you like. And, you know, obviously a lot of people are reaching out to you. I mean, and just me personally, like people have been reaching out to me just to, it's almost as as if it's like a kind of like a Cinderella story that they want to be a part of, you know, like kind of, you know, someone from a low mid major declaring for the NBA draft and they want to be the representation because, you know, as I said, it's kind of like the Cinderella story, kind of like the underdog story. But I mean, when it comes to the agents, yeah, people are reaching out. I'm reaching, you know, me and my family are reaching out to people and just seeing who's the best fit. Interesting. So I, I get like if if it works out, it's sort of a feather in the cap for them, and they want to be attached to that. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can say that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. What What do you think was the the part of your game that you improved the most this year? I mean, I know you're constantly working, but throughout the course of the season, what did you think you you got better at? Uh feel like I got better at everything. I got better for sure at just being able to analyze and just read situations, you know, read and react. Um, I got a lot faster, a lot stronger, a lot stronger. Um, also, I became a better jump shooter. I've never, you know, before this season, I've never been, I've really never taken a jump shot. Not, I'm, I didn't say make, I've really never taken a jump shot. So, you know, just this season, I took it upon myself to, because I knew where I wanted to go, and I know, you know, you have to, develop your shot so I took it upon myself to really because it was just never in my game so I just took it upon myself to really um not only not only make it but you know have the confidence to shoot it whether or not my coaches got mad at me I was still just you know have the confidence to shoot it and that's really all that I needed and you know I made I made about five four or five and yeah so that that confidence in me is just really it really shot up especially since I've been working on it all summer I was just working on it about an hour ago Except now I have more time with no class, so you know I'm able to double down on my training. Yeah, and I I remember early in the season you were shooting free throws left-handed, and I think you went back to shooting right-handed at a certain point. And I I think you were 
one of the team leaders in free throw attempts, if not the leader. What? Uh, yeah, what, I, was, I was the leader. Okay, yeah. So what? What went into that? I mean, you you obviously shot a lot of free throws, some left-handed, some right-handed, but I think you shot a decent clip from the line. What what was that that process like to you know figure out your 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 best method there? Right, right. <laughs> um, I mean, I, it just depends on the days which hands I'm gonna shoot. With. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, coming into the season, tried to experiment with my left hand, and I just realized it really was I even tried to, you know, experiment shooting with it just to, you know, be more efficient. But I just went back to my natural hand, which was my right hand, and, yeah, I'm doing way better off with that. My, since I was shooting with my right hand this season, my free throw percentage shot up a little bit. So, and even at that, I'm just still tweaking it, you know, tweaking all the mechanics, you know, polishing the mechanics day by day. And yeah, so I'm I'm a right hand I'm a right hand shooter, but I do like to go left a lot though. I do, I do. <laughs> do you do anything else with your left hand? Uh, nah, not really. So you you right right handed you, you shoot right handed now, obviously, yeah. but huh? Yeah, yeah. I, there's really nothing that I do with my left. I mean, I jump off my right, so I I do dunk with my left. That's hmm. one thing that. You know, even on clips that you see, like where I'm getting like above, above, above the rim, I'm jumping off my right, and it's usually like a two hand dunk. So, but that's left hand dominant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jumping up. Yeah. Definitely not a bad thing to be able to, you know, use both sides of your body. So, hopefully that bodes exactly. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, G, uh, before we let you go, you you recently started a podcast, or you are about to start. A podcast. Uh, if you want to plug that, feel free. Give our listeners an idea of what it's called, what it's all about, and where they can find it. Right, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I recently just made a podcast. The podcast name is called Chit Chat with Chidi. My name being Chidi. So pretty much just talking with me, chit chatting with Chidi, and I'm going to be dropping my first episode uh, really soon. You know, I've been it's already edited. I've been you know editing more episodes, but. I'm actually going to start releasing content soon. And, yeah, it's honestly just because, you know, a lot of people know me, but they know me just in the, in the realm of basketball. But, obviously, I'm way more than a basketball player. And a lot of people have told me that they would pay to see me talk. So hmm. I said, you know what? I said, you know what? Why would I not make a podcast where I can just talk? And I love to talk. You know what I mean? I love to talk. I love to be in front of the camera. So why not just make a, you know, a little podcast to where i could talk and then people could watch i can bring on guests you know so that's why i made the podcast and i'm really excited for it i'm really 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 excited for it so yeah name is chit chat with chidi so there we go so he, he any spoilers for the for the guests that you'll have on um <laughs> uh nah no spoilers you guys are just gonna have to see but my first episode it's actually a Q&A just by myself. So I have people ask me questions, and I was answering the questions. Some of the questions are pretty crazy, but, hey, this <laughs> is part of Chit Tawachiti. This is part of the channel, man. So, yeah. So, Andrew, in case you missed that, he already he, he already has a much better name for his podcast than we do for ours, and we've been going for 
a lot longer. So <laughs> that, that is correct. We started podcasting before we thought of a name, and GD, you you've got a great name for your podcast. Uh, so you're one step ahead of us. We're we're excited to listen, check it out, um, see what you've got going on over there. All right, no doubt, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks. A lot. What's the name of your guys' podcast? <laughs> It, it is the uh, Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. Just, just as simple as that. But hopefully, if you have any ideas for a better name, we're we're all ears. Oh no doubt, no doubt. I'll shoot it. I'll shoot it over to you guys once I think about it, man. Okay, cool. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on. We wish you all the luck in the world with this uh, with this NBA thing. Ho- hopefully, it works out. I know that I'll be following along to see how everything goes, and uh, hopefully, we'll. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, Madison, man. Thanks a lot. It means a lot to me, man. I'll be sure to keep you guys updated, and I appreciate it. Appreciate the blessings. All right. Thanks again, Chidi. No doubt, man. Thank you, guys. All right. So All right. That was former Idaho State men's basketball player Chidi Ujangu. He's always been a great guy to talk to, a great interview has lots of energy, um, so it's always been good talking to him, and I think he was a pretty good guest. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of has the odds stacked, stacked against him as far as this um, NBA thing goes, but he he's had the odds against him for a lot of his life, it seems like, as far as basketball goes. So, um, you know, why not go for it? Yeah, it's a, it's a great story. I mean, especially, you know, knowing where he comes from. I mean, transferring into Idaho State, getting benched last year, grinding it out. This year, I mean, it, be, it becoming just a really important part of the team. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we're, we're rooting for him, of course. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it ends up. Absolutely. Um, if we want to move on to something else now, obviously the what we did not talk about on our last episode, even though it recently happened, was the NFL draft, which just like everything else in the world, kind of took on uh, a different feel. It was a it was an, a completely virtual draft. I mean, you had Roger Goodell announcing picks from his home. Um, you, I mean, you, you still had a studio panel of analysts, but I think a lot of them were working from their homes as well. So it was it kind of took on a different feel than the pageantry of the green room and a big live event in Dallas or New York or Las Vegas or wherever it's been held. Um, and what was interesting from kind of a local Idaho state angle is that there were very few FCS players drafted this year. In fact, I think the lowest since 2000 and maybe the second lowest ever, I think is the fact that I saw. Um, but, so, Andrew, I guess any any general thoughts on the NFL draft or on kind of the FCS bit of that there? Yeah, I mean, first, I, I am truly surprised that nobody screwed up the order or picked somebody who had already been picked or, you know, just with these, these GMs and coaches sort of sitting alone in their homes with their laptops and not having the gigantic draft board and 40 scouts in the same room. I just am I'm baffled that, that nothing got screwed up. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, I watched most of the draft, um, just for a while I had it on just as background noise while I was working or making dinner or whatever, but I also, you know, tuned in and watched a little bit of it because I I think it's interesting, and yeah, it, it went as smoothly as it could have. I mean, there were a couple times when they came back from 
a commercial break earlier than they thought, and you know, you you had Roger Goodell's being like, "Are we back?" or whatever, you know what I mean? But like, if that's if that's the biggest miscue that you have in an all virtual draft like this, where you've got people all over the country trying to send in their picks and do that that sort of thing, I mean, it it was really smooth, which I was impressed with, as you said. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, even with Roger Goodell hosting it too, I, who, who knew? You were, the, you were the one who actually watched it. I was just kind of following along the draft tracker. So you really got the full virtual experience. But yeah, I mean, it was, it's a, it was a weird, weird draft. I mean, there are a lot of moves that we can talk about. I think, you know, the top of the draft played out like a lot of people were expecting. But yeah, I mean, the thing with the, the small school guys was really, I think, Everybody was kind of guessing that there was going to be an impact from not having pro days and you know not having workouts. Uh, but I was I was not expecting it to be that drastic. I, the stat is six SCS SCS players were picked, which is the fewest ever actually. Mm, okay. And the the stat that you were referring to, uh, no Big Sky Conference players drafted since two, for the first time since two thousand. Oh, okay, yeah, and that's and that's sort of a shocker i mean the big sky is a is you know one of the better leagues in the fcs and there's always you know one or two guys that seem to get drafted and you you guys had like you guys you wow you had guys like dante olsen who what didn't you win the buck buchanan award or he was a finalist or whatever yeah. i mean you had really really good football players in the fcs and none of them got drafted uh but like you said that's probably mostly a product of you know not having as you know not having pro days for these scouts and people to come watch i mean you know you had even michael dean at idaho state had a kind of a, a private pro day and had to send in video and all of his stats via twitter or you know emailed scouts or however and and obviously that's it's not that's disadvantageous for for guys at smaller schools that maybe don't get the exposure obviously that some of these bigger programs do yeah, I think it really points to what a lot of people talk about. The NFL is such a risk-averse league. I mean, and you talk about it with, like, coaches deciding to punt on fourth downs or, or not go for two. I mean, you're, you're always talking about it as sort of a, a game strategy thing where coaches are – they don't want to take the risk if they can do the safe thing instead. But I think that extends a lot to the front offices, and you see it here when they don't have as much information – as they normally do in a given draft year, you're just seeing the front offices just constantly, constantly revert to taking what they think are the safe picks, which are the guys that played in the big conferences, the guys that played in the SEC. You know, even late in the draft, I think they just all decided that they wanted to avoid the risk. They didn't have the information that they normally do, and they just sort of defaulted to taking these big conference players over over the top FCS guys. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think... I, I want to say the SEC had like one of the highest totals that it has ever had as, uh, in terms of guys getting drafted. I think LSU had something like 17 guys drafted off that national championship team. So yeah, you know, really big, well-known programs that had a lot of success and they had everyone drafted, which um, I hadn't put it into perspective like that in terms of GMs and coaches being risk averse, but I think that's a really good point. Um, in terms of just kind of backtracking to the virtual draft itself. One thing that's been brought up as I've listened to, you know, sports talk radio and other people kind of talk about it after the fact was that it was kind of cool to, you know, 
get a glimpse into some of these coaches and players lives. I mean, you, you, you saw coaches sitting in their offices at home at their desk. And sometimes like their kids were there or their dog or, or whatever. Um, I thought it was hilarious actually when they, they, you know, they were like, all right, here, we're going to go into the home of Patriots coach Bill Belichick. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be interesting. Like, let's see what the heck he's doing. And it was just his dog there at his table at his computer. And it's like, ah, he's, he's just as smart as we all thought he was. He's not giving us any insight at all to what he does <laughs> when, when he's at home. You know, it's, it's just his dog sitting there. Um, so that, that, that was kind of, you know, the, the most meme worthy moment, I guess, of the whole thing. But, uh, as a whole, I mean, they, they still managed to drag it out way longer than it needs to go, but that's just how the NFL draft works. I mean, it, um, the first round, which is 32 picks took something like four or five hours. I mean, it was just way, way too dragged out as it always is. Um, they had a few like musical guests, which I thought were kind of silly and unnecessary, but they overall, I think the NFL and everyone involved did a really good job with that. Yeah. I, I hear it was great. I mean, I, Saw the meme-worthy moments on Twitter. I'm well acquainted with Bill Belichick's dog. <laughs> um, the, the big moves that I think we have to cover, uh, Jordan Love to the Packers and, and Jalen Hurts to the Eagles are the, the early picks that have been getting a lot of play. A little bit controversial. I, Madison, what, what was your take on those two picks? And, and maybe you have a different take for each of them, but what did you think? Well, obviously, Jordan Love was first, and I think everyone was... Obviously, Jordan Love was the quarterback at Utah State um, who elected to, I believe, wasn't he a junior this last year? Didn't he come out a year early? Uh, I would guess that he did, yes. Okay, so anyway, yeah, Jordan Love from Utah State, probably the most regionally relevant player that we had get get drafted. And obviously, he went in the first round, something like 24th or 25th overall to the Green Bay Packers. And everyone knew this guy was going to get drafted somewhere, um, just didn't know how far into the process and who's going to take him. And I think the Packers were a surprise because they obviously have Aaron Rodgers and he's like 35 or 36 and he's got, you know, still a, a few probably really good playing years left. Um, and so it was weird. You know, there are a handful of teams that probably still need a quarterback and the Packers are, are not one of them. But when you, um, I guess who knows what the Packers have planned for Jordan Love, obviously this is this situation sort of similar to when Aaron Rodgers got drafted back in 05 and Brett Favre was still there and Aaron Rodgers ended up being Favre's backup for a few seasons before, um, you know, being inserted as a starter. And obviously he's had, that's been just fine for him and the backers and everyone involved. And so it, it's easy to kind of draw a parallel between that situation and Jordan Love's, but obviously hard to know what's going to happen there. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. And, you know, the, the reason, I mean, Jordan Love by that point was the best quarterback on the board. I mean, if you think that he is a guy who's a possible future NFL quarterback, like, go ahead and get him. And, I mean, it's not, they could have added, you know, a player at any other position there. I think that a lot of people where I've seen the criticism move coming is not that they didn't draft a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers with that pick, but then they went in and drafted a running back instead of a wide receiver in the second round. They didn't draft a wide receiver at all. So, I mean, I think if you if you draft one of what was a, a huge class of wide receivers in the second round, you know, maybe it's a little bit 
less of a controversy, but people were expecting and the narrative was going to be, oh, well, they have to get somebody who's going to help Aaron Rodgers this year because his time is running out. And they went in the other direction and said, you know, if his time is running out, why don't we go get our next quarterback right yeah. now? And I, I, I like that move, especially if you, if you like Jordan Love. And I know that there are a lot of people who are really high on Jordan Love, even though he threw a million interceptions this year. Yeah, and I don't have his stats in front of me, but it was something like as a sophomore when Utah State went like 11-2 and two and won their bowl game, he had like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out numbers like 36 touchdowns and eight picks or something like that. And then this year he had was closer to what, like 20 and 17 or something like that. I know this year he had 20 touchdowns to 16 interceptions. I don't know what he had the year before. Okay, right. So yes, it was, a, it was a much better ratio, yes. Yeah, so obviously that's a major dip in kind of that ratio that, you like to see, but he had a lot of things working against him. I think he was one of two returning offensive starters. Um, his head coach, Matt Wells, who I believe was also ran their offense maybe, but he, he left for the head job at Texas Tech and was replaced by Gary Anderson, and it just wasn't as good a season for Jordan Love or for Utah State. And so obviously, you know, that's a lot to to factor in. And, and, and who knows? Who knows which year is closer to the baseline of – how he's going to play, but um, yeah, which which makes him as a player and that pick all the more intriguing. Yeah, and I I like the idea of having your your young quarterback come and sit for a few years. Obviously, yeah. like you talked about, Aaron Rodgers is a great example of that. But I think in in almost every scenario, I'd I'd rather have the kid do that rather than than play right away. Yeah, I agree. There are a lot of times. I mean, you see these, you know, the, the top college prospects come out and they get put into maybe bad situations, right? Obviously, if you're the number one overall pick, the team that picked you was really bad the year before and probably needs a a lot of work and a few years to get back to being a good team. And so therefore, a lot of these early quarterback picks just don't work out because they don't have the personnel around them that they need to be successful. So, you know, honestly, yeah, I'm with you. I'd, I'd rather see, you know, my potential future franchise quarterback sit for a year or two or three and, um, you know, gain gain some knowledge and experience that way. Yeah, um, and then the Philadelphia Eagles did almost the same thing in, in the second round. Obviously, they have an established quarterback in Carson Wentz. They took former Alabama and Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts in the second round. We don't have to talk about this one as much. I'm just going to say, as an Eagles fan, I, I love the move. I think Jalen Hurts is a great player. I mean, he won everywhere he went in college. He put up crazy stats at Oklahoma. Um, you know, he's, he's athletic. He's a leader, everybody says. He can throw the ball. And I think that Carson Wentz is probably less likely to make a big stink about drafting a young quarterback high than Aaron Rodgers is. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is sort of famously prickly and, you know, has some ego issues and he's entitled to that, obviously, with with how great he's been and he knows that his career is on a downswing. I don't think you're going to have those same issues maybe with with Carson Wentz when it comes to the chemistry. So I thought that was a great move by the Eagles. Yeah, and obviously the major difference there is that Wentz is, what, 26 or 27 or whatever. So he, I mean, he still has many, many more years left in the NFL. Now he has not stayed healthy very often, but uh, when he has been healthy, he's, he's been really good. I guess what, what kind of role do you, do you think Jalen Hurts is going to play here? Cause I mean, it's not like he's going to sit behind Wentz for 12 years. 
Right. I mean, I think that the Eagles, of course, really value having a good backup quarterback. I mean, they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles when Carson Wentz got hurt. They had to play without Wentz in the playoffs again last season. I think that, you know, if he plays out his rookie contract and he's the backup and he starts maybe, you know, four games a year when Carson Wentz is hurt and Carson Wentz has been hurt a lot. And then you either either keep him at the end of his rookie contract or you you trade him and you get another draft pick for him. I think that's what they're going to try to do. Hmm. But it's just like the Eagles really value having that insurance policy and they're willing to spend resources to to get a good backup quarterback. And of course, a a second round pick is not nothing. But I think that, you know, you'll see, I don't know how much they'll use Hurts in sub packages like a Taysom Hill or something. I don't know how many snaps they'll give him a game. But I, I wouldn't bet on Carson Wentz playing 16 games next year. And it's, it's nice to have somebody back there who has a lot of talent. Yeah, and I, you, you hit it on the head there with, you know, having a, a good insurance policy. I mean, Nick Foles is uh, a legend in Philadelphia and will be forever just for, you know, for what he did in the playoffs and beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's the kind of story that will probably never happen again um but now the eagles are obviously um they have a good reason to invest in a good backup any um anything else you want to add andrew we've we've spent a good 33 minutes now talking to chidi udengu and kind of looking back at at the nfl draft but uh anything else you want to leave our listeners with and until we we talk to them next time i don't think so as always thank you for listening thank you for reading we have a sports section still going out every day we have content coming to you on idahostatejournal.com we are we're trying our best to keep the the flow of content coming and who knows maybe maybe sports will start again soon i know we had an article in the paper yesterday about nascar restarting i know the ufc wants to have a big card on may 9th which is eight days from now so we we might have more live sports to talk about again soon all right. Either way, we will we will find stuff to to fill your airwaves either once or twice or more a week uh, in the near future. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.